0: Welcome to the Business with Beers podcast. This is the place where we help entrepreneurs expand their business, build their wealth, and generate passive income. I'm your host, Brian Beers, an entrepreneur who's on a mission to inspire growth from everyone around me. Remember that you need to take the actions others won't, and you can live the life that others don't. Please be sure to check out my weekly newsletter that now drops every Thursday. It includes one quote, one tweet, one podcast recommendation, plus some business and investing insight from me. It's short and it's sweet. My goal is to provide you with just a couple gold nuggets to help inspire your growth. Go to BrianBeers.com to subscribe. Hello, everyone. I am very excited today to bring you Levi Brackman. Levi is the CEO and founder of InVone, a startup marketplace that allows everyday people to invest in all types of real estate. He is also the host of the Invest and Own Real Estate Show. Welcome to the show, Levi. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Awesome. Well, to start, can you give us an idea of your journey from maybe about 18 years old or so to kind of where you are today? And then, then let's dive into your company and, and go from there.
1: Wow, that's, I'm, I'm 44. So that's a, that's a real, you know, many years to cover in, in, in a very short period of time. Uh, so w- when I was 18, I actually, um, where was I? I? was in Montreal at the time, uh, studying in something called the Yeshiva, which is like a rabbinic, it was actually called the Rabbinic College of Canada. And, uh, so the first career move that I had was as a rabbi. So I was actually a rabbi. I had my first job was as had my own synagogue in North London, uh, at the age of uh, 23. And I did that for a few years, and I got a really deep insight into kind of what that world was and I liked it uh lots of parts of it, which was mainly helping people getting to know people on kind of a deeper level inspiring people. I didn't necessarily like uh being a congregational rabbi of that type, so I moved to the United States and i there was something I coined at the time called an entrepreneurial rabbi, so I started my own synagogue from from you know from scratch uh in the foothills of uh over the Rockies, right, right uh, west of Metro Denver, a place called Evergreen. I did that for a whole bunch of years. Along the way, I also started like a, together with that, a nonprofit to help kids kind of figure out their purpose in life, mm-hmm. uh, which led me on. Uh, I created a, an online application. We sold it into schools. We sold it into uh, youth programs, even a community college, um, both in the United States and in Australia. But along the way, you know, people kept asking me for data. You know, how how. How can you prove that this works? Show me the data that this is working. Mm-hmm. So that led me to embark on an academic study to try and figure out does actually do what we say and we think it's doing, which led me to a PhD program uh, in psychology, uh, which was hev- heavily on the uh, quantitative side. Okay. So we ended up, you know, collecting a lot of data and analyzing that data and using a lot of statistics, uh, and which led me into a career of into data science and machine learning and AI, and I did that for four years. After that, in um, in corporate America, up until 2020, when I left uh, corporate America, so I spent four years in corporate America from 2016 to 2020. I left uh, exactly four years later. So I started August 2016. I left uh, September 1st, 2020, uh, to start Inbone, uh, which is the which is uh, my current uh, main main uh,
0: I guess. How would you get the real estate bug? I mean, what uh, what led you to like? You didn't mention real estate, so let's talk about that.
1: Well, I was. I I, so obviously I I bought my first house um, when I was um uh, when I was in um, when I was twenty six, and it was a house in in Evergreen, Colorado. And and when I was looking to buy a house, which also I could have a synagogue on, you know, there's different ways of doing it. How do you have a house and a synagogue together? And um, you know, some people like. Have their basement as a synagogue. You know, if you're starting as an entrepreneur, uh, you, you do that. And then, and then I, I showed up at this house and it had an, a garage, like a, 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 I think it was a 1300 square foot garage, like big oversized RV garage right next to the house. It was detached from the house. And I'm like, wow, this is two in one. Now, this is both a, a synagogue and, and a house and we renovated the synagogue, turned it into in the garage. I mean, turned into living space. And I, I had my synagogue out of there for a number of years. Eventually, when I moved away from there, I realized that um this synagogue just is a multi-family house now. Mm-hmm. I, so I still own that. That's like a multi-family house, and I realized like this is amazing how how that cash flow. Actually, first we did Airbnb on that house. We mo- moved out of them. We did Airbnb short-term rentals, and it was cash flowing like ten grand a month uh, just mm-hmm. from this house. When the 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 mortgage was like mortgage, taxes, and insurance was under two grand. And I just realized like this is incredibly powerful. So since then I've bought, you know, a bunch of other properties as well. Um and and I realized that, you know, real estate is this thing that once you start buying it, you can buy another one, another one. So you get on the ladder, you can continuously buy it, even if you don't bring on investors. Um and um you know, and you cash flow them and it's it's yep. a okay. lot of people don't think it's passive, but it you know, if you've got good renters and good properties, it's more or less passive income.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of different like levels of of passive income, and some yeah. you know it can be if you're the hands-on manager, like it's a job, and you're dealing with tenants and unit turns and maintenance calls and fines from the township and all that stuff. And then as you start to hire people and replace yourself, then yeah, it becomes more and more passive um, to the point of that the highest level, right? You're an LP and, and something and just write a check. So yeah, um, yeah, it can, it can fit anybody's kind of criteria based on what they're looking for and how much time they want to put into it. So. Awesome. So, what in your in your own words, like let's talk about inbone, Why
1: you start it? What problem does it solve? Yeah. So I started it uh, for two main reasons. Um, the, the the first reason why, why I really started to think about it was because I so I moved to for a job here to Connecticut, and you know I did a corporate move all the way from Colorado to here, and I rented this really nice house here in New Haven, Connecticut, and I had a deal with the with the landlord that if I wanted to buy it after a number of months. You know, we had that kind of a ballpark, ballpark figure um, that I would pay for it. Um, and it turned out that, you know, I, I wanted to buy it and I made him an offer. And uh, miraculously, the day after I made an offer, someone else showed up and was offering thirty or $40,000 more than me. And he's like, if you do $1,000 uh, more than this guy, then, um, you know, I'll give it to you. Uh, he wasn't able to show any evidence of this other offer. So <laughs> that was... That was part of the challenge. But the other part of the challenge was trying to figure out, hey, real. this was overpaying for this property at the time. And um, real estate at the time in New Haven had gone nowhere for literally 10 years. So from t- 2008, when uh, when the crash happened, all the way to 2019, which was when I was looking at this house in the end of 2019, um, you know, real estate basically being flat. Mm-hmm. Um, it had gradually started coming back, but it was the same price as prices were in 2008. And I didn't want to overpay for a property. You know. Fifty thousand dollars more than it was worth. No one knew that twenty twenty was coming, right? Yep. <laughs> no one knew what was going to happen. Yep. So I was looking into like, how can I do this in a way in which mitigates my risk? And I figured, like, why did not I bring on investors to invest in this property with me? And then, i you know, they can kind of get some of the equity and, and investors, uh, and and make, and I can kind of mitigate my risk. And I found that there are people are willing to do that. There's a bunch of companies which will actually buy your equity, but. Uh, it's not a good deal for the investor it's a really poor deal for the investor so i figured like there has to be a better way to do this and it got me to think really deeply about like the little guy as it relates to real estate you know you have a lot of wealthy people institutions uh, um, and uh, private equity which makes a lot of money on real estate whereas the little guy is kind of carting his money off every month you know to pay for his house either in terms of rent or in terms of mortgage and mortgages yeah it might not seem so much but over the over the course of 30 years, it's really expensive. Um, especially if, you know, people are spending 30%, 40% of their income paying interest. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so, so I really got me thinking deeply about this and I figured if we can solve this problem by creating some kind of more efficient marketplace, peer-to-peer kind of marketplace rather than private equity to individual, uh, then we could, um, you know, might be more successful. And okay. that got me down the road. The other part of it which is really important to me is like you know I don't come from money, right? My father was a very hardworking guy. He was a scientist. Uh, the solution to a to a uh, threadbare carpet in my home was a rug, um, not a not a new carpet. And um, my I knew my father always tried to, wanted to get into these kind of deals, but was never able to. He never had never had the capital, and you know he wasn't a yeah. business person. And I just feel like there needs to be a way in which. The average person get in on deals, right? Like you said, the LP check, right? Like the average person just doesn't have that. You know, so it becomes
0: a, a crowdfunding platform of a sort for, for real estate investors.
1: Yeah. Right. For anyone. Anyone. For anyone. Okay. That, and I insisted that it's, it's a reg CF, which means that anyone, you don't have to be accredited. Anyone should be able to invest in these deals. Okay. So let's first
0: talk about uh, from a from a real estate operator standpoint. What is what does that look like for them? Like, what's the minimum they need to raise, and um, you know, what's like the profile of
1: someone who would raise money on this platform? So it's somebody who who who's got a uh, who's got a perhaps they've got a social media presence, they've got a podcast, they've got a they've got a following or access to just people out there mm-hmm. who would invest in their deals. Or has the ability to do marketing to get people to invest in their deals. Okay. Uh, so it's that kind of person. Um and, and would like to then also take uh harness, I would say, that that audience of theirs into their deals, which you know, a 506C or a 506B, for example, those those operators yep. who know what th- that is, uh, wouldn't necessarily be lend itself best for, right? Um, uh, because you know, a lot of people tell me they've got big followings maybe they're a best selling author maybe they've got you know 200,000 people following them on TikTok and they want to be able to harness that to be able to invest in their deals mm-hmm. um, it's it's very hard to do that with a 5016 and 5 a 506b so reg cf would work perfect for that okay um, that's the kind of profile of of, of a talking about. okay
0: and for so now. for those who don't know, I, I'll give my kind of version of it. Maybe you can talk about reg yeah. CF, but 506B and C are parts that allow people to raise things in the IRS or SEC, I guess, that yeah. allow them to raise money from private investors. Some of them, they can talk about in public. Some of them, they, they can't. They have to have a pre-existing relationship. You know, a lot of those deals um, have to be accredited, which means you have to have over two hundred or $300,000 of income or a million dollars in net worth. So if you're under a million, can't invest in any of these deals, uh, and then I guess the final component is a lot of them have minimums, now this is up to the, the sponsor, but they have minimums of 50,000, 75,000, hundred thousand dollars checks. So you, you gotta be willing to have that capital and, and willing to put it up. And so that's how a lot of fundraising is done for these big apartment buildings, self storage, multifamily, all that. So I guess what is, what, what is it? Reg C, Reg F, what'd you call it? Reg CF. Which reg, stands for crowdfunding, right? Oh, reg, so, okay, Reg CF. So how is that different? How does this help circumvent or other otherwise? We don't have to go 5 or 6B. We go Reg CF. How, to, how does that work from like a technical standpoint, I guess?
1: Yeah, so it, it's it's exactly as you said. And by the way, that million dollars net worth has to be outside of your private home, mm. right? So you have to have it in your yep. assets outside. You know, you, If you've got a really nice house, that won't cut it. That won't make you um, accredited. Uh, so... So the, the way this works in terms of, in terms of CF is that these are all, all 506C, 506B, they're all part of something called the Jobs Act, which came into effect, uh, in 2015, signed in by President Obama, which basically opened up private investments to just, you know, to the public. Um, for real estate, um, Red cf which is crowdfunding, wasn't really as relevant because it used to have a limit of $1 million a year. And $1 million mm. a year is not a lot of money. That limit went up to $5 million, which makes it much more relevant to, to real estate okay. uh, in, in in March of 2021. Okay. So, um, and, and what it really is, it says that anyone can invest in a deal as long as that deal is offered through either a funding portal or a broker dealer. So the funding portal is like an online, online portal. And the funding portal has an obligation to bet the sponsor to make sure that they're not going to perpetrate fraud on the general public. Okay. So as long as it's done through a funding portal. So that's um, what in- Invone is, right? It's f- a funding portal. Legally, we're designated as a funding portal, which okay. means that we, and if you want to raise money from the public, you can do it through us. Okay. Um, so, uh, you know, you could do a reggae. So think about that people who have, there's another designation called a reggae. A, a reggae offering allows you to raise from the public, anyone up to $75 million. But in order to be able to allow to do a reggae, you have to be, you have to go through a whole process with the uh, w- with the SEC, and it's it's like a mini IPO, and it costs you seventy five thousand dollars in legal fees, and there's a lot of documentation. It takes six months probably to get it done through the SEC. Reg CF is like a mini Reg A, if you like, right? Okay. What that means is that if you want to raise from the general public, but you don't want to go through the whole Reg A route, and you know which involves basically also creating your own portal on your own site, etc. It's it's a pretty involved deal. Um, then you could do a reg CF, which again allows you to raise from the general public like a reg A does less amount of money and a much lower burden in terms of the regulatory burden.
0: Okay. What, what what does it look like? So let's can you walk us through an example? Let's say like, I, I wanted to raise money. Um, we talked about this a little earlier, but you know we do some some hard money lending, right? So we we lend yeah. to real estate investors who go out and flip properties, bridge loans, all this stuff. Um, right now it's our own kind of capital we're close friends. But let's say I wanted to open up, I wanted to raise money from the public and then go out and, and you know loan it out and obviously pay, pay investors a piece of it. Yeah, you know, we keep a piece. Everybody wins. Um, yeah. Can you, like walk me through like. You know, I'm a client. What, is, what does it cost me to get started? How much percentage do you take? How do you
1: vet me to make sure I'm not going to defer to the public and all, and all that? It's interesting because there's a guy who I'm talking to right now who's actually got a hard money lending business and wants to do this because he goes around talking everywhere. And people come over to me and say, wow, this is, I can make 8%. They're like, uh, how do I get in it? And then he's like, are you accredited? And they say, no. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. So he's yep. talking to us. He's like, you know, he's got so many people who would love to invest in in this these hard money loans. Uh, that um, uh, he would like to make it available to them. So basically, um, you would come onto our platform. You you would go through the the onboarding process, and it's you'll say list an offering. You click on there. it will take you through the process. As a hard money loan lender, it might be slightly different than uh, for for a property. Um, and then um, we would then look at it, and we would see you know is this is this does this look like a, a, the kind of deal which we want to list. Um, Mostly, if it's to do with real estate and it's backed by real estate, then yes, we would want to do it. Um, and uh, if you had an LLC uh, already, then we, you know, you'd know, you have all those documents available. If you didn't, we would help you with the LLC mm-hmm. agreement. We would help you with the subscription agreement. We would help you with the Form C. We have templates for all of that. Um, it's all available. So usually, we're sending you know, thousands of dollars with an attorney. That's the other thing. All these documents, they're really form documents, right? People yeah. spend a lot of money with, with attorneys. It we will help you with all of those documents just as part of the onboarding process, right? Um, and then, um, you file your form C, we'll do a background check on you and a bad actor check to make sure that you know you don't yep. have anything out there in the public. Which is, uh, we'll also do some, uh, we'll, we'll check you out, you know, like with the guy who's up, we've got a deal up there now. We spoke to his lender, uh, to make sure that he's you know he's got a lot of mortgages with this one lender, they, they're all current, he's a good guy, he's paying his debts, um, and then, um. You know, you're know, you ready to list. Now, one of the things that we, we do is, uh, we just implemented this, that you would have to have a certain amount of soft commits before you go live. So in other words, okay. you'd have to go there. somebody something called test the waters. You'd have a test the water page where people go in and then commit a certain amount of money to it. Um, and then if you have $50,000 worth of soft commits, then you can go live with your deal. Okay. And act- actual money can come in. Yeah. So what's the, what's the minimum someone needs to raise? Uh, so, so, to go live, you know, we would say $50,000, $50, and if you, that's all you want to raise, that's fine, you know? Okay. Um, what do you expect
0: to see kind of the range? Is that, that 50 I, to I, un, like under a million? Like what's, I think do the you average the bigger probably a million
1: dollars. That's what I think we'll be. You know, we'll, we'll end up seeing okay. about a million dollars on average. You can raise up to five.
0: And can, can people do funds? So, like in a hard money business, it's a, it's a fund because we're investing in multiple mortgages, right? Versus like a single property. Or does it have to be tied to a specific asset?
1: So there's a there's a law which says that if it's an investment company based on the Investment Company Act, then you cannot raise using regcF CF. So an investment company is a non-operating company, like a hedge fund would be an investment company. So if mm-hmm. what you have is like a, like a hedge fund based on the Investment Company Act, then you would not be able to raise. But a lot of these funds, they call them funds in real estate, they're really operating companies. They're not really funds, right? Okay. So as long as it's as long as it's an operating company and not a fund in real estate, they call them funds when they're not. They're really Got an it. operating. So because company, we are actually the
0: operating the lending business, for example, yeah. we're not we're not investing in other people's things. So we we are the operators. Okay, yeah. So that that makes sense. Versus, yeah, yeah. we're investing in like third
1: party. Have totally no involvement in the management, etc. So exactly, yeah. Okay. So, like, yep. a, if you're if you're like a syndicator, right, and your your whole goal is only to invest in other deals as an LP. You would be an investment company.
0: Hmm. Okay. Yep, that makes sense. So then, what does it look like from the investor standpoint? So I'm Mr. Mr. Joe Brown. I'm on the site and I want to I want to go and, and invest. Uh, what's the minimum I need to do? How do I know? Like, I mean, I can see on the website I guess some of the
1: projections, but like, walk me through their side of it. What, what does it look like? Yeah, so all the documents which are needed and available to, um, which are, you know, which you need to to kind of bet the deal are all there. The biggest, most important document is the Form C, and that Form C is the document which is put, which is put together and, and it's put on the uh, on the SEC website as well, and that you have access to that on on the website. But all the information is there up there on the on the platform to, um, uh, and you can do all your due diligence and decide you know what you would like to invest in. So that's basically how it works, and you can then hopefully we'll have right now we only have one deal, but we'll have a lot of deals up there, and you'll figure out which deal you want to invest in. And you can basically browse them and decide, you know, what you want to invest in, diversify. Okay,
0: What's it? What's a cost to an investor or what's it called? Co- who,
1: who, who do you guys make money from? Uh, so there's a 2% ca- kind of commission, which you pay on, on the deal. So if it's a thousand dollars, you'll be paying 20, dollars. $20, okay. You know, to, to the, to, to, to um, as a kind of a, a commission or a fee, uh, platform fee, if you like. And then it's, uh, up to 5% of capital for the, for the sponsor, and I say up to five percent because as as your raise size goes up, uh, that that percentage goes down. And then you know we have we we have a deal where you can spend some of that on marketing as well. So
0: okay, all right. And what um, I guess talk to me about now on on growing the business itself, like what does that look like? What's your plan to, to grow this business um, to, for the next future? Because I know you just you just launched it very
1: shortly ago, right? Yeah, yeah. It was uh, in the last couple of months we launched yep. it. And, and and one of the things that we've learned very quickly is that we, it needs to be a full partnership with the sponsor, right? We're not a bank, right? So it's like people come to you for hard money lending, you have the money to give them, right? Mm-hmm. We, don't, we don't actually hold any money. We're not allowed to. Legally, we're not allowed to hold any money. We're just a facilitator to allow for the fundraising to the general public, right? That's mm-hmm. all we are. Yep. So there has to be uh, we have to be very clear with sponsors that this is not us raising money on your behalf. This is you raising the money and we facilitate it, right? We have, we make it really easy for you to do that. Um, and from the general public so you can access general public funds. That's the, that's what we are. So I'm looking for those types of sponsors. So in the beginning, I was looking for sponsors who just wanted to raise money. Now I'm looking for sponsors who can raise money, who, who are looking to raise money and have the ability to tap in to a general public. Uh, audience to raise that money and would like to do so. And our marketplace is a very good place to facilitate that. Okay. Do you have other, some big competitors in the space? We don't have any big competitors in the space. No, there is one other uh, funding portal, which has been around for 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 a while, which does only real estate, uh, but they have, they only do real estate, which is going to make social change in a community. So they're called small change, you can look them up. Uh, They've been doing this for a while, but they'll only accept deals where the deal itself is going to make some kind of social change in the community, Hmm. whereas we're all kinds of real estate. So there's no real competitor which does all types of real estate and only real estate for Reg CF. Yep.
0: Yeah, it must be must be hard. I mean, you're probably experiencing this, but you know, you gotta match up the buyers and the sellers, right? So you kind of need to have both if you just have a whole bunch of properties, but then you have no investors. You know, it's probably hard to get more things. You have a whole bunch of investors. Everyone's looking, but you don't have deals. Like you, you, probably have to kind of in parallel grow both sides of it. Is that yeah? Is that is that true?
1: Yeah, that's true. It's called the cult stop problem. The way the way we're we're looking to solve that right now is by getting there. There are some some sponsors out there who have you know, and we're talking to them. You know, they have a large audience. Like the influencers, just regular the, people.
0: The influencers kind of on the platform. They bring all their their audience to it. Right? Yeah. Um, Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Get a couple of them. Yeah, there's a bunch of them we're talking to at the moment, and there's two in particular who who are gonna who are gonna list. You know, just getting through that process. and,
0: And is it is it less expensive? So why? Like, if someone could raise from accredited investors, why would they go on your platform if if they're already able to raise from accredited investors, like? Uh, is it to so just to widen their audience like is it is it less expensive to pay the capital raise fee versus the uh, setting all this stuff up with the attorneys and any other compliance they have to do on their own like what's the benefit if they ar- they're already there
1: well if if they already have it uh, uh, and, and they already have you know all, all the capital they need, then they don't need anything you know don't <laughs> okay. get the investors so more lined
0: n- up. N- newer people who don't have it's they don't have like, a big audience but they don't have a big audience of maybe credit
1: investors is that there, more. There are. There, there, there are people who are not new but have an audience of non-accredited investors they want to tap into and there are people who are not new who recognize that they should be tapping into this market of non-accredited investors because it's an extra five million dollars a year of of investor money which they can rely on once they once they gain that audience hmm. so it, it and then there are people who just all they want to do is go to private equity people they just want to help the you know they for them that's easy and simple and then yep. this isn't a good option for them but uh and then there are people who ideologically are aligned with the fact that they want to allow just a regular person to get in on, on real estate deals. Um there's one guy we're talking to, he was a pastor in churches, and he's got a a network of 160 churches across the United States, and they would, you know, they're okay. they people yep. who would like to invest in these deals.
0: So and so once an investor, so you guys are in the marketplace. So once an investor invests with the operator, like you, you connect the two, but then from there you're done, right? Like They would wire the money to fund the five hundred dollars or the fifty thousand or whatever they're putting into it to the 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 operator. The operator would send them back ACH like
1: distributions on a monthly basis. What what does it look like post
0: post raise? There's actually
1: there's actually a so during the raise there's actually an escrow account which is set up. Okay, so you guys do hold that money. It's not us. It's an escrow account, third party escrow account which is set up on behalf of the investors. And and, and and the and the sponsor okay. and we have a saying when it gets released okay so we'll if there's a closing involved then we'll have to make sure it gets released in a way in which you know it's not going just to the back pocket of of the sponsor and not to the to facilitate the okay. closing etc so that's our obligation. once the raise is done then we they're not our investors we just yep. facilitated it they are the investors of the sponsor. So okay. we, we don't take any continued fees, we don't do any more management. It's all now um what we do have like agreements with some of the other big um investor management portals where we can send them the the spreadsheet and this all gets uploaded. Uh so it all shows up in their portal, etc. we don't manage that post 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 Okay okay um
0: so what is on a, on a personal note what is your, your kind of investment philosophy kind of where are you investing your money is it all yourself do you invest with a sponsor you're talking about like your personal
1: strategy so for real estate i i i i my strategy is not as good as 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 maybe other people would be because i actually own properties outright <laughs> you know i've actually uh so i'm trying to leverage some you know i'm going to leverage them now but uh I, I bought I bought them with cash, my own cash, um, rather than hard money cash. Uh, hard <laughs> money is expensive. Um, but I do invest in real estate. I'm a, m- the, the vast majority of my of my portfolio is in real estate. I also have some stocks. I have some startups. Um, I have a little bit of crypto. Just a tiny drop, though, a smidgen. Um, but um, I try and invest mostly in things which are going to create value. So fundamentally, my own my own startup that I can control. So I mostly try and invest in things that I can control. And then I invest in other things which are creating value, and real estate continuously creates value. So that's uh, why I okay. really like real estate. Awesome. I don't and speculate much.
0: It. Yeah, it's all. Yeah, you don't speculate great. Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, especially crypto. I don't know. Is it snidge? Is is that what it's worth now, or what it was worth?
1: Uh, I know. I, I I bought it when it was worth a lot lot less. I bought I bought um I bought in twenty seventeen um Ethereum in twenty twenty seventeen. I just have kept it so. Yep. It's still a smidge though, because I didn't buy a lot yep. of it, but it's, it's it's still worth a lot more than what I bought it for.
0: Do you, you mind speaking to what is one of the biggest challenges or failures you've had
1: like this far in your life and kind of what did you learn from it? Oh yeah. Um, the, the, now one, fa- <laughs> one of the biggest failures I had was when I was 13 years old. I've had plenty since then. But um as as a Jewish kid growing up, um, we had a bar mitzvah. You know, I don't know if you've mm-hmm. ever been to Bar Mitzvah. And at the bar mitzvah, like the bar mitzvah boy is supposed to, um, he performs. And, you know, I was a cocky kind of kid, and I thought, yeah, I can figure this out. And I never prepared like I should have. And it came to performance day, and um, it, it, it wasn't a pretty sight. I, I kind of messed it up. <laughs> uh, and, and I kind of learned from that that always be prepared. Uh, you know, it's like, you know, you never know. Often it takes more than you think it'll take. And put the time and effort into it and show up prepared. So that was a very significant failure I had very young. And it was a very public failure. Um, And I also learned, you know, one fails and one learns. And it's not the end of the world, right? You can still go on to be successful. You know, it it felt mortifying at the time. But, you know, I got over it. (laughs) Your your parents got over it? (laughs) Everyone got over it, yeah. Uh,
0: Yeah, it's always like, I, I think of that too. It's like, what can I what can I learn from this? Right. Rather than like focusing on the bad, try to find what's, what's the positive. And yeah, maybe it's, Hey, I, I preparation matters, right. And the more you yeah. prepare for something, the more you're going to be able to like, capture the opportunity versus you try to wing it. And you know, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't work. So
1: yeah, often it doesn't, so,
0: you know, proves your odds though. So um, that's great. What about any sort of important like mentor or coach in your life and kind of what role they played?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I had this guy when I was running a nonprofit. My biggest, my biggest uh, supporter, my biggest donor was a guy. He was a businessman. He was in the oil and gas space, and um, and he had lots of like really kind of wise sayings. He'd made hundreds of millions of dollars in oil and gas, uh, and was really generous in supporting my nonprofit. One of the things he said to me was, he said that when he went out on his own, he left the oil and gas business and went to start his own business, and he, he was very very successful at it. And his calculation was as follows: he's like. What's the worst thing that can happen to me? He says, I get another corporate job. What's the best thing that can happen to me? Like, sky's the limit. I, I can make yep. hundreds of millions, you know. And he's like, so so my downside is almost not, It's I don't have a downside there. I only have an upside. So he went out on his own and, you know, he, he's, he was just incredibly successful in the oil and gas space. Um, and, and I think, like, you know, people don't realize, like, you know, one's downside is, is not, you know, going out to your own, taking risks, the downside seems much scarier than it really is. And that's one of the things he taught me. Um, so uh, I've thought about that. Yeah, because that's kind of what
0: you've kind of experienced yourself, right? Yeah. I mean,
1: you, you kind of, you said
0: you had this corporate data science job and you've you've left it to now kind of right, be an entrepreneur, start to, you know, have this this startup from the ground up. And uh, is it, is that the same question you kind of told yourself is, hey, well, what, what's the worst that happened? I go back to be the a data scientist. the best site.
1: Yeah, I, I I always yeah. thought that you know the worst thing that could happen is I go and get another corporate job. As a matter of fact, since I've built up over this time, I've also built up my real estate portfolio. So I don't actually never have to go back to get another corporate job. You know, so yeah. invo is going to be usually successful. You know, I'm focused on that. But even even you know if that doesn't pan out exactly how I think it should, it would, I've built a real estate portfolio. You know, and so once you do that, I, there's no real, you know, you go to get a corporate that kind of servitude. You you do that kind of servitude when you really need it, you know, to live. But if you don't need to live, you know, why would one go, you know, and and sell one's time nine to five every day and plus. And so I'm not going back to that. Any
0: books you've been reading
1: lately that you recommend in terms of business, investing, real estate, anything that's good? (laughs) I mean, I I read a lot of books, (laughs) as you can see. Yeah, Uh, Yeah. And, and, and so, so the books, so, so, one of the books I've been reading recently, and you know, I do it some, I've started a TikTok channel. I'm talking about this, you know, it's called the best within us. And it's about, it, it's really about this thing called eudaimonia. And it's about, which is really you, it's, it's like this Greek idea from Greek philosophy. And it's as opposed to hedonia. A hedonic lifestyle means living a lifestyle, which is just for pleasure. Whereas eudaimonia is living a lifestyle, which is in line with your, your deepest virtues, the best within you. Right and and yeah. and, and Aristotle and, and Greek philosophers and and many others throughout you know the ages thought that is you should really kind of figure out who you are and self actualize and and I've been reading a book about that and it's it's something which you know I, I did a PhD in purpose in life so something which I've obviously spent a lot lot of time thinking about yeah. Yeah. and um and so I'm reading that book the best within within us I think it's called uh, the best within us here we go. Okay. Um, so I'm reading oh, this book yeah, we'll, um, we'll currently work yeah great so where can listeners
0: connect if they want to find more about InVone or connect with you what are the best resources
1: um, InVone.com I-N-V-O-W-N made up of two words invest and own InVone.com uh, I'm, I'm Levi L-E-V-I InVone.com um, and and my name is actually pronounced Levy which is my parents like they they put on the password as Levi but then they said oh but it's pronounced Levy so <laughs> Uh, but that's what it is. It's like the Ashkenazic Jewish version of Levi. Um, so, but it's my email is levi at invoen.com. Um, You know, I, I'd, I'd love to talk about this stuff. Um, how, I, if I can help you raise money for real estate while helping just the average person getting into a, a good real estate deal, you know, that's what I want to do. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on and
0: talking all about it. And I, I learned a ton. And like I said, thank you. It's, it's been awesome. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate it. That's all we got for this episode with the Business with Beers podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is to rate the show and leave a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you listen. Also make sure to link up with me on your preferred social media platforms, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can find all my links at brianbeers.com. Please just share the podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. And until next time, remember to take the actions others won't to live the life that others don't.